Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome to another episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped, honoured, and excited that you have joined us for what will be an incredible episode. Now, you're probably going, mate, every week you tell us it's going to be an incredible episode. How can we take the episode to another level, you might be asking? Well, 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 have I got a guest for this week? And this week we're joined by Lee Rosens. And Lee is a sales prac. Lee is a sales guru who runs an incredible sales team out in San Fran for an e-commerce business. And he'll tell us a bit more about his role. But what I absolutely love and why I'm so excited to share this episode with you is the mindset in which Lee has developed for himself to be the best he can be. And we go deep into this and we really talk about, you know, some of where he's come from and what he does on a daily basis to not just lead himself, but lead his teams and how he gets incredible results day in, day out. And he truly is someone who lives that law of abundance, and that positivity absolutely oozes out of him. So I'm pumped to share this with you all. You can hear me. I'm, I'm excited, and we got excited on the episode, and you'll, you'll hear it through. And I think with everything going on right now, you know, like, yes, we've heard COVID. It's done to death, and I don't ever want to hear it again. It's just done my head in. Like, I'm sure it's done everybody else's head in. But the reality is it's caused some major economic problems. And for sellers, it's causing problems like we've never seen before. I definitely haven't seen it. And more than ever now, we need to maintain that mindset to be able to not just overcome hurdles, sometimes to avoid them sometimes learn how to go under them, and sometimes learn how to smash through them. That comes from our mindset and preparing ourselves and planning and enabling ourselves to have the right mindset to be the very best we can be. So I'm pumped to share this with you all today. Look, before we get into it, please continue to like, rate, and share our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And I've got a bit of a deal for you. Like the podcast, share it, or give us a review. Send me a snapshot of that review on LinkedIn, please, and I will send you a book. And uh, I've got a couple of books here. It'll be a surprise. So get a snapshot, pop it through to me, send me your address, and you will get that book in the mail. So guys, I'm really excited about this episode, but cannot get to it yet because I've got to give you a message from our great friends, at Vanilla Soft. Yes, we use CRM and we have to use it. Most of us use it daily. It's become part of everything we do. We wake up and we go check our CRM for new leads. But CRM does not enable us to engage with our leads. It's a sales engagement platform like Vanilla Soft. Like no other, it'll help you engage with your leads. It'll help you get more opportunities into that pipe so you can close more deals. So do yourself a favor, get to VanillaSoft.com Sign up for a trial to test it out, and you will see why I rage so much about Vanilla Soft. So, without any further wait, I bring you this week's episode with Lee. Lee, super pumped. Welcome to the Sales IQ podcast. 
Hey, thanks for having me, Luigi. I'm pumped to be here. Yeah, man. And I, I'm really excited because, um, you know, you're, you're a practitioner and that's what excites me the most about, you know, this particular conversation is, is talking to someone that's leading a sales team at the moment, someone that's in the market, you know, what we call in the trenches. And uh, I love, you know, the fact that you talk about mindset. So I'm really excited and, and want to welcome you to the show. Thanks. Let's uh, let's rock and let's roll. Let's get into it. So, mate, before we get into yeah. you know the topic of mindset and um, how to pivot your sales process and all that sort of stuff um, that we love talking about, do you mind sharing to uh, you know a bit about yourself and how you started in the world of sales? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm sure whenever you ask that question, people <laughs> are probably thinking to themselves, "Well, where do I begin?" Yeah. Um, so, so taking you way back to my early childhood. Um, my, uh, my father, um, was the salesman of all salesmen. He, um, and my mother too, I could say in a way, they were the two people that you would always see starting up conversations in any part of the day, in any scenario that you were in. As a child, I thought it was embarrassing that yeah. they would always be talking to every single person. But as I grew older, I saw that it was some of the most valuable you know, people skills that you could ever learn. And over the course of my childhood, um, I truly learned how to use those skills to build relationships and, of course, you know, be able to persuade and influence at the highest levels. So, you know, back in, um, I would say, my my teen years, when I really got into movies, and, you know, you'll see that I love quoting movies a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I really was made fun of a ton uh people busted my chops nonstop for being the guy who gets overly excited about every little thing <laughs> i'm talking about whether it was a meal that i had just had or a movie that i just watched i made sure that everybody around me knew how incredible it really was and i was being completely genuine like mm. i truly found joy in other people sharing that same opinion and as time passed i slowly figured that that was a basic skill that allows you to potentially sell and get people mm. to buy into really whatever it is that you're trying to convince them that yeah. is worth their time or their energy or money, right? So um, time continues to pass and I'm in, I'm in college and you know, my senior year, I think I really had the first test of, okay, can you be a, a good salesperson? Like, do you have what it takes? And Throughout my childhood, I was very competitive. I played a ton of sports, you know, not the biggest guy. So, of course, you'll hear all those stories about how the smallest person needed to, <laughs> you know, find mental ways to win. Yep. So I tried to do that. Um, but in college, I was given this opportunity my senior year to um, ultimately sell where I was a student ambassador for a company called Jobbook. Yep. And they're, they're basically like eHarmony for jobs. It was a really cool idea at the time, but my job was simple. I had to get as many college students to sign up for their site and create accounts. Um, and I was one of over a hundred different student ambassadors around the entire country. And what got me super jacked up and motivated was if you were number one out of everybody, you got invited to work full time in a sales position at their headquarters in Montreal. Well, so mm, you might I was, have um, I was, oh yeah, of course. Mm. Um, and I just, you know, I'm not the only person that I'm sure has said this in your podcast, but 
there's nothing I'd rather, you know, not do than, than lose. Um, so I became number one. Um, I moved to Montreal. Um, I don't speak French, so that was a challenge. <laughs> and um, immediately I'm into the sales world. And from there, I'm finding one million ways to fail over and over and over again, as I'm sure you have experienced. Mm. Um, I didn't really receive much training. I was kind of diving right in. And, you know, looking back on those days, Luigi, it was actually pretty, pretty great because it gave me such thick skin and it immediately set the bar high for my entire sales career. Like I knew that then and there, this is going to be tough and you need to truly find it in yourself yeah. to get better every single day. Like nobody's going to do it for you. It's on you. Right. Yep. Mate, I love that. And, and, and sorry to stop you there, man, but I actually love no, that, please. that particular philosophy. And, and it's funny cause I was speaking to someone just this morning about this exact topic is that, you know, you got to find ways to self-develop. Like there's going to be, it's, it's going to be tough. And I, and I, the discussion we had was really interesting. It was, in my opinion, there's no perfect sale, right? What we do yeah. today with a buyer and that same buyer might behave the same way for the last six months. And then all of a sudden, the way we're working with that buyer or that prospect tomorrow is yielding completely different results, right? And the reality is there's so many things that impact our environment. There's technology, there's, you know, currently there's a crisis going on, but there's always stuff outside of our control. And, mm -hmm. you know, there's no, yeah, you can create playbooks. And I love playbooks, but at the end of the day, there are things that we just can't control, right? And mistakes happen. And if, oh, yeah. you know, if mistakes happen, it's about, okay, it's happened, but what learning, and that's what I love the saying, you know, um, that you don't fail, you just learn a number of times. It's, it's another way to learn, right? Um, so just tell me, going back a step, you know, you mentioned that top 1%, you wanted to be that we don't want to lose. Losing was not an option. Did you find yourself in a position at some point where you were, you know, not meeting your own personal expectations? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would say in that, in that role right there, I was um, – I was tasked with uh, connecting with different HR departments and setting up meetings and closing them down. And I mean, at that point, my expectations were I was not going to not be great at whatever I did. And, you know, that was just the attitude and the mindset that I had. Of course, yeah. easier said than done, but I was not speaking to anybody. I wasn't closing anybody down. I was really not given much of a process or a training or a playbook in order to achieve that. Mm. But still at that time I was failing over and over and over again. And yeah. for me, this was like the first real experience in the real world outside of school. So it was, you know, at times frustrating, but a lot more motivating for me to kind of get me, get me rocking. Kind of like Michael Jordan, right? You give him yeah. something to fuel the fire and then he goes. Absolutely. And I just love what you said, you know, the fact that you failed time and time again, that's, you know, one of my, I've got a, incredible quote from Michael Jordan I always refer back to when things don't go to plan that he failed so many times missed the winning shot that many times and that's why he's so successful right and, and it's it. a pure it. it's a pure mindset um and I want to ask exactly. you you know so if you fast forward you know now that you're the head of your head of sales at Cheetah um mm -hmm. tell us a bit about what you do in that role with that particular organization yeah absolutely so 
basically to to fill you in on on cheetah and and kind of what we're all about basically cheetah is ultimately like the first restaurant supply app that yep. provides the simplest most affordable way for restaurants to get their daily supplies and um it's really that simple we have a mobile app and then restaurants download it they place orders and then boom our company actually controls the technology we control the fulfillment and the delivery to the door of all those restaurants and um the uh, the company has absolutely exploded over yep. the course of the last two and a half years um and my current role is obviously leading the sales team as a vp of sales basically when i first joined um back in january of 2018 you know i was given such an unbelievable opportunity to work with some of the most intelligent people that i knew immediately was going to be a win for me because I was going to learn from them, right? Mm -hmm. And every day you have to see as an opportunity to better yourself. What better way for me to better myself than to work with these types of people? Um, to give you an example, Luigi, my CEO and founder, who is one of the main reasons why I picked up my life and I moved out to San Francisco to work for this company, Cheetah. She was the former female entrepreneur of the year in business. Wow. And um, I was just, I was ready to learn and I was ready to go and make a splash yep. and basically kind of taking you back to when I first joined Cheetah to give you the full context, there wasn't really a playbook in place. They didn't really have a sales team that was following one universal method. Um, and at the time, you know, we were doing about 25 million in annualized sales and it was amazing because yep. there was a clear product market fit and there was a lot of room to scale and grow this. So when I came in, you know, to keep it short, I implemented a lot of my key sales philosophies, ideologies, methodologies, fundamentals, principles, yep. and very quickly over the course of the next two years, we had scaled the sales team by about 11x to about almost 50 and our annualized wow. revenue about 10x to almost 170 million. Wow. Um, That's insane numbers, man. Thank you. Mike. And how long did it take you to do that? uh a little over two years a little over two years yeah. mate i need my gong if i had a gong i'd be fucking smashing that gong you know i, I invite you to come to san francisco come <laughs> and hit our gong that we have in our office well mate once this <laughs> once this you know this travel embargo or this travel issue that we have is off i mean i'm you know i'm a big love the states i come there all the time um mate i'll take you up on that offer but i want to go back so you, you you've 11 extra sales right in two and a half years in, insane growth um thank you what's what's one strategy that you know when you look back you look at that strategy and you'd say right if i was to grow another business that's a strategy that i'll employ in that business as well absolutely what a what a fun question to answer so there's so many directions that i can go in here but i really want to start off with something that i think you and i share uh, in common and that is that is the mindset right so if i were to go anywhere else and build anything or continue to grow the current company right now to a billion dollar company. I think there's that key concept that needs to be present. And here's, here's how I look at it. And I think this is a, hopefully a, a fresh take on this. There's, there's 7.7 .7 billion people on this planet, yeah. right? And whenever you find yourself facing any types of challenges or adversity, um, 
you just have to remember that you are one out of a huge sample size that already exists out there. Yep. And I know that you probably know this, but you're not the only person to be in whatever that situation is. Like for me, I know I'm not the only VP of sales, right? For you, you know, you're not the only person who is running awesome sales podcasts. Yep. And then the list goes on and on and on. And the main point that I like to, to preach to my team and you know our investors and the rest of our company is really simple. You know, someone out there is always going to find a way to reach their most desirable outcome. Work, personal, yeah. it doesn't matter. So you have to tell your mind that there are always nine other people out there who are in your exact shoes at all times. I call yeah. this like the law of 10, right? Yep. So basically, at least one of those 10 people will always find a way to get where they want. So the power of simply being aware of this alone will alter your mindset to believe that you'll actually find the solution and you can always be that one out of 10. So once that mindset is there, all you need to do is reverse engineer whatever you need to do in order to get it done and get to your most desirable outcome. Mate, that is gold. I absolutely love that. Thank I was you. completely lost in what you were saying then, man. I was, you know, the fact that you're right, there's there's always someone that's in the same set of circumstances, right? And, and it's very absolutely. rare that there's something unique about the situation it's just like a product offering it's very rare that there's something that's a one-off yeah especially in this current market and there's a there's kind of like yeah there, there might be things that people create but they're a version of something right mm -hmm. so i love exactly. that man and um you know again so you, you take so just to confirm you'd go right I'm starting with company x they're less they're, they're one mil they're you know just started they've got running the mindset is one element that you'd bring to continue to drive that strategy sitting underneath that i mean when you when you were hiring so many people right because that's that's really mm -hmm. fast growth from a hiring perspective and i've personally seen businesses um their their ability to scale is prohibited by the way they recruit and the way they onboard mm -hmm. right um, and there's, you know, Mark Roberge from, from, you know, who helped grow HubSpot talks about this and talks about this quite a lot. Um, talk to us a bit about what was your strategy when you were hiring people? What did you look for? Yeah, I love that question. So I looked for people who had the ability to be coached mm. and I know I'm not the first person to say that and I'll certainly not be the last. Yeah. But in, in my opinion, if you're a sales leader or any type of leader that really focuses on putting people in a position to succeed through a ton of training material and through a very in-depth, you know, constant focus on developing them, then you find the people who want to learn, who want to be a sponge, right? And who want to truly do every single thing that you have already proven to be the formula for success. When you find mm -hmm. those people and you have the right training in place, you there now have just created a very repeatable playbook that you can pretty much bring on anybody, whether it's fresh out of school or somebody with yep. five to seven years of experience. And for me, some of my favorite hires are those people who are you know, recent grads, they're ready to run yeah. through a wall, get their careers off on the right foot. And um, I focused a ton on our training materials. And, um, you know, obviously it's never perfect. Yep. You know, you could look for something and then you bring somebody on board and unfortunately it didn't work out. But whenever I look back on all the competencies that I graded against, 
the number one competency of all of my remaining top A players was always a high score in coachability. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, you know what? It's, it's funny you say that because that's something that I've, you know, put into all my sort of interview guides and stuff. It's it's the role play. It's providing the feedback, seeing if they adapt. Absolutely. And then trying to measure Absolutely. the level of coachability during that interview phase. Because you know what? Salespeople are great at selling, man. Or, you know, so some, or majority, right? So yeah, it's you could, you know, as, as, a, as recruiting somebody, um, potentially they could – you know, present a better a better way um, in which they can perform versus the reality. And I think coachability is absolutely key. So I really appreciate you saying that. I just want to add on that while I think coachability is probably the most important, I do think that, you know, if you really want to encompass as much as you possibly can in the perfect A player that you bring on board, yep. you want to also look for something that people maybe don't talk about enough, and that is their storytelling ability, mm. right? In that interview try and extract as much out of them as you possibly can that that allows you to see how their storytelling will be because everything in life is is a story tale right and you're always storytelling when you're selling so if you can see somebody who speaks with emotion right who's very clear and concise and can truly convey their thoughts in a way that other people can absolutely digest them that is that is another very very important piece that has been great in our very rapid hiring. Yes, yeah, that's awesome, and I can feel your passion through the Zoom, man, Thank through you. through the screen. You know, and I often say sales yeah, is a transfer. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's sales is a transference of enthusiasm, and I think we need to transfer the fact that we're passionate about our product or service. If we can't be passionate about it, then how can we expect our buyers to want to to want to take something that could be complex? Or could cause them short-term pain because obviously, you know, when we sell, we're selling change, right? We're trying to get somebody Absolutely. to go to a future state and they're changing from one step to another or one product to another or one service provider to another. And usually when there's change, there's a little bit of, there's an element of uncomfortable. There's an element of, you know what, it's going to be a bit painful to go from one CRM to another. Like, God forbid, you know, we've got to change CRMs. It'll be a, you know... <laughs> Watching too much Sopranos, by the way, God forbid. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, it. you know what I'm saying is, if we can't, as sales professionals, show their passion for the product, then how can we get the other person to 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 have that level of energy about what they're about to embark on? So, and I love the fact exactly. that you talk about the storytelling element, and and the reason why I love it so much is because if you think about the main reason that people buy there's more and more studies that keep coming out that mm. actually prove it's so much more based on the the transfer of emotion, yeah. right? It's not as much on logic. Of course, people love data. They love statistics. I'm sure me and you are, are in that boat. <laughs> but when you, can, when you can transfer that emotion to that prospect through storytelling, mm. you have the highest likelihood of bringing them to the finish line, like for Absolutely. sure. You know, people buy with emotion and then they – they justify the decision logically later. So, you know, and that's and that's key. And I think I think now more than ever, and I want to bring something up because you posted something on LinkedIn a couple of weeks back and I loved it. Oh, yeah. And there's a lot of debate right now, you know, and there's some gurus out there saying, stop selling, the traditional ways of selling is dead and all this crap. And I say it mm-hmm. with, with rigor, right, because I, I don't buy into it, especially when I see some of that data of people picking up the phone. But – you mentioned that somebody called you random, and I'm reading. I'm reading off my screen, 
and um, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't pick up random calls. But you mentioned that you know, he's a pilot that a hundred mobile numbers in a day. You called, we called fifty once, we called fifty twice within a short frame, and the pickup rate when calling back again the same number was sixty percent answer rate. Now these are cold calls, right? So technically, um, there were mobile numbers that we earned yep. uh, through other cold calls, uh-huh. but yep. they were they were they were not customers. So okay. it so could they, be argued that they were cold calls. Okay, so they were prospects. They could have been an MQL. They could have been a self-generated SQL or MQL. But essentially, they were people that yep. don't know who you are, or it was not a scheduled call, and you were calling them, and you conducted the follow-up call immediately and you had an incredible answer rate what did that what did that teach you about the process or about you know that particular experience yeah um for sure it it taught us that for every sale that you lose because you're too aggressive you actually lose 100 more for never being aggressive enough and it's something that you know my original sales leader once taught me and I will always live by, and obviously, you know, you have to sell with integrity. You have to be on your game, which means a whole lot of things. But to start here, it means you have to have a great personality. You have to have rapport building. You have to be enthusiastic, sharp as a tack, you know, figure of authority, the list goes on and on and on. But it really taught me uh, very simply that once again, by understanding what the desirable outcome was, yeah. I was simply reverse engineering something that, I thought in my head could get me to that outcome much quicker. And and to elaborate here a little bit, Luigi, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I get random calls all day, every day. We all do now, right? That's the world that we live in. And truthfully, I, I think it might be less than 10% that I pick up a random number. Yeah. But if that same number does call me back, and this is personal to me, I'm I'm much, much more likely to pick it up. And that was just me, right? So this had me thinking, And obviously I have the ability, I'm well positioned to put this to work because I have a sales team that is making lots of calls every day. We get cell phones and mobile numbers. Mm. Let's see what happens with small business owners who are most of, you know, our our customers that we go after. So yeah, we, we did that pilot and we were able to reach a lot more decision makers. So um, for us, since our closing percentage remained the same, we ended up closing the exact same number. I'm sorry, 4X the, yep. uh, the number that we would have had we only called them once. And um, I think you started this off by saying that there was some debate. And that's my favorite part, right? Yep. I don't think that if something isn't debatable, then it's a super interesting topic because that means somebody's talked about it over and over and over again. Not that it's not helpful, but here, you know, there was a ton of debate on this. Mm. Um, and Obviously, you know, the, the data didn't lie, but I do think the most important part here was that if you wanted to avoid people being irritated or getting upset or angry that you called twice in a short time period, you have to make sure that you are laser focused yep. on doing everything you can to come out with value and enthusiasm and a, a likable personality right away. Yeah, that's fantastic. And what we'll do, we'll share that link to that LinkedIn post in the show notes so people can actually refer back to it because it's kind of gone a little bit viral, which is fantastic. Um, and it just goes to show that 
you know, people are looking for stories. People are looking for real life evidence of what we're doing on a daily basis, you know, and, and I love that. And I love the fact that you talked about, you know, your A and B tested. And I'm doing that all the time, you know, sending different types of emails. I do it with my clients, but more so I'm enjoying sending emails from myself and testing, you know, Kyle Coleman, great operator. Yeah. And um, he gave me coaching on on a bit of a, a cold email strategy um, that I used. And, and the open rate's been insane, right? And the click rate's been even, even better. And I shared that with him and he was quite surprised when we got such positive results. So that's what I love about the love testing it. phase. Um, so, mate, I want to understand, you know, what's your biggest influence in your career and why? What's been the biggest influence in your career and why? Uh, yeah, so I'd say it's, uh, it's definitely been my, my father. Um, he has constantly taught me to turn negatives into positives and going back to my, um, and I hope I'm not the only, you know, just another person that says my father or my mother. Um, but I truly mean that because I, I believe I constantly view every situation that I'm in every scenario through a a very specific lens that is one where I understand how to interpret things in the positive, right? And this constantly reminds me of Sean Anker. I don't know if you've heard of Sean Anker and his his focus on like the um, the happiness advantage. Yeah. But yeah, so he's he's constantly all about right, you know, how most of society thinks that okay, if I if I work really hard, I'll be really successful. And if Mm -hmm. I'm really successful, then I'll be really happy. Right. And it's like backwards for so many different reasons. And he goes on to say that the real formula should be finding happiness right away, which organically pushes you to work hard and then you're successful. Right. The difference is you're happy right away. And the, the percent of your long-term happiness that's actually predicted, this is the crazy part, by the lens in which you view life is 90%. Yep. So that means going back to something that you said before about what's in your control or out of your mm. control, only 10% of your happiness is predicted by your external circumstances, You know the stuff that you can't control. And my father constantly ingrained that in my head and it's just allowed me to view everything in a way where I understand that positivity and happiness absolutely drives results, right? And you have a higher likelihood to close than you would if you were thinking things in a more, you know, negative type way. And like, since we love statistics, and I'm sure a lot of your audience wants to hear data on it, you know, I would encourage them to listen to the TED talk that Sean Anker did. But he basically said that, you know, only 25% of your job success is predicted by your IQ, but 75% of your job success is actually predicted by your optimism levels. Wow. And, you know, your, yeah, it's, it's wild. So, you know, my dad pretty much taught me that my entire life after yeah. we went through our own roller coaster of events, and I'm sure a lot of us have. Mm. And, and my former sales leaders who put this in my head reaffirmed that. And that's, that's where it all really starts. That's amazing, mate. Uh, you know, and again, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll have to get that link from you, and I'll, I'll pop that into the show notes as well. Please. And mate, before we wrap up, um, where can our listeners find you, engage with you, um, you know, after this show? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as of right now, I'm, I'm posting all the, the crazy, entertaining, <laughs> but hopefully incredibly yeah. helpful thoughts that I have right on my LinkedIn, um, in my posts, 
and I'm in the process of creating a, a website. Um, but absolutely on LinkedIn is where they can see everything that I believe in, that I preach, and all of the philosophies I'll continue to live by. Fantastic, man. Well, look, really appreciate the content you're pushing out. Um, I think this is going to be the first of many conversations we're going to have because I think there's so many topics that that have come out from this particular conversation, man. So I want to say thank you for coming on the Sales IQ podcast and for your contribution to the community of selling. Thanks for having me, Luigi. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what's next. Thanks, brother.